In this episode of the McBee Podcast, we listen in on the final session of the second day of the 2018 McBee Mentoring Meeting. Drs. Amy Bonomi and Chris Gittich led the group in a dancing exercise to get everyone up and moving after a long day. Presenters and McBee team members shared what energizes them. And Chris Gittich and Amy Bonomi are going to bring the energy on. And Chris... And Chris is, are we gonna do, how, how do you wanna do this? Yeah. I'm gonna give you each one of them. I know Chris is staying late for us, so we're, we're trying not to make her late. Okay, so actually, to start this though, we actually need everybody to stand and push your chairs in, and anybody in the back kind of move a little bit close, because we're gonna do, uh, we just, I just made this up this morning. All right, is everybody ready? Can you move up like into the center? So um, Chris and I have been given, we've been charged with talking about the topic about energy. And honestly, at the end of the semester, we both just looked at each other and we're like, we don't have any. We don't have any. We don't know how we're going to talk about energy with the group. <laughs> Is that okay to say, Chris? <laughs> just like, so yeah, so we do have some slides prepared, but given that it's been a long day, um, I thought we could start with something that involves music. And, and since we are in Georgia, uh, I looked up what artists are from Georgia, what are from Atlanta. There are some challenging, uh, it's challenging to find an artist that you can dance to uh, from Georgia. So this is Gladys Knight and the Pips. Anybody know Gladys Knight's and the Pips? So this is. Everybody over 50 right Yep. Hand. So this is Midnight Train to Georgia. So we're going to just move a little bit. And uh, then I've got some another reading. Yep. We're gonna we're gonna start over. And this is great for when you're grading. It's also really good when you're on a McBee conference call. Nobody can see you, you're not on Zoom. Okay, wait, and it's also good when you're trying to do collaborations. Wait. Okay, and now we're going to do a train around the room. Ready? Train around the room. Wicked small fighter just to shoot the juice in his end every Star Wars. It's about to get juicy. Okay, so we're gonna make a train. Feel free to break out if anybody wants to get into a...
feel free to do collaborations while you're walking around. Yes. Yes. All right. Good job. Who exercised this morning? Did anybody want to exercise but couldn't? Okay, we just did it. We just did it. <laughs> Three minutes. My ovary. I feel like any slides at this point are going to be very dull. So Amy and I put these slides together, and so we could go through them really quickly. Um, or an alternative is we could just have a discussion about like what energizes us. Maybe that would be like a nice way to sort of sort of end. Yeah. Um, and I can start just by saying um, a couple of things that I've found that energize me um, is the community um, where I'm working and surrounding myself by people who are supportive, who are good role models, um, good mentors. Um, being around my family um, energizes me. Um, and one of the things I had in the slide that I put together is trying to be grateful, and I think there is actually a literature on gratitude, right, or an emerging literature on, on gratitude, right, when I'm feeling like I'm so stressed and poor me, my job, um, you know, and I have all these things to do, I turn that around and, you know, say, wow, I'm really grateful that I have this job with meaningful work and meaningful colleagues and, um, Personally, when I'm feeling down, um, I try to remind myself that it will end, that I've had you know, mostly good experiences and good times in my life, and that um, it, it will end, and that energizes me when I'm feeling like, you know, oh, wow, poor me. Um, the other thing that energizes me is a lesson that I learned from my dad many years ago. Um, when I would come home from school and be mad or grumpy and everything was wrong with the world, my dad would say, well, why don't you try to do something nice for somebody? Um, you know, so it didn't give me, you know, it's not that empathic of a response when you think of it in some respects, you know, but honestly, it, it helps. And there have been times in my professional career where I felt like really down or dejected and then someone asked me to do something and I'm thinking, well, I can't possibly do that because of poor me. And then I'm like, you know, maybe if I do it and help them out, I'll actually feel better. 
And and it, it does mostly for me, and it's just personal, maybe it wouldn't work for you, but personally that that does work um, for me to kind of get out, outside of myself. Um, and and also I, I really, re it resonated with something that Sarah said with your cheer days. Um, is that what they were called? We, we do a few things in our department, and don't quote me, but I don't actually think we're a really fun department, um, but don't quote me. But we do, like, there are things that do, I think, really energize us and bring us together. We have a pumpkin carving contest in our department at Halloween, and the different labs participate. Um, and we're very competitive with our pumpkin carving contest, and there are awards that are there are awards that are given, um, and people who don't get them get very angry. My lab often wins, so I'm boast the whole year. Um, we also have a secret Santa um, where we and everybody's all really burnt out and tired at the end of the the semester, the fall semester. So we pick names, and um, my colleagues and I we go to great length to hide our secret Santa presence and hide who whose name we have. And so it's a lot of fun, and people can be really quite devious. And so doing those kinds of things, I think, really um, ener energize me and. Um, I guess that's, and trying, like I, like I said, uh, and, and I didn't grow up with a mindfulness movement, right, and, um, and, and I've, I'm not necessarily a, a, a big practicer of it, but I think always as much as possible to try to stay in the moment with what I'm, I'm doing energizes me too, and not to try to think too far ahead, and if I'm doing my research and I'm feeling like I'm not preparing for my class, I really focus, try to focus on my research and put that not preparing for my class. Um, and if I'm with my family, I try to, um, you know, stay in the moment with them. And um, I, I don't know, I guess that's it. But Great, yep. I'll just be super brief because I know everybody wants to dance some more, but. Um, I think I just threw my neck out on that, on that dance, by the way. Wearing the high heels and going through that tunnel that you guys made over there. Um, yeah, there's not much that I've like necessarily felt good about lately, and I would definitely say like over the last few months. And so um been taking more time to kind of uh, be outside of the office and... Um, one of the things that I really enjoy is is literature, and it's been a long time since I've gone deep into fiction and poetry and whatnot. And um, it's interesting because I the, this is one of the books that I brought with me, and I've read this three times over the last I don't know week or so. It's um any anybody know Carson McCullers? Okay, she's one of the greatest Southern writers. She's actually from um, Columbus, Georgia, and so this is the Ballad of a Sad Cafe is one of her short stories. She's famous for her heart as a lonely hunter. And what I like about her stories is just her character development. And so when I'm feeling like so abnormal or like down or something, her characters are likewise just these, a uh, little bit of a social outcast situation. So she's really, she's great at character development, wonderful stories. So I've read this a few times and it's it's been fun. Not fun, but interesting, interesting. So I don't know if people have we're done, Amy. I'm sorry. If We're I'm done. Sure. No, should we dance or something? <laughs> I didn't know if people have comments.
about what energizes them. I think it, it's also really our professional responsibility, right, to take care of ourselves. And Sandy made the comment, like, so she likes to get up on vacation and check her, check her email. And really, it's, it's okay. Like, we're not supposed to be judging others about how they work or, or, or don't work. Right, and what works for Sandy, like like would not work for me on vacation. I cannot check email. Like it just doesn't it doesn't work for me. And I always I'll try not to respond. I'm one of those people that finds joy in really little things, and I like that about myself. But I feel like I lost that this year. So a couple couple of weeks back, Tarana Burke the. Um, the woman who started the Me Too movement spoke at Michigan State, and one of the things that she shared was that she keeps a joy journal. So when she's going through a hard time, she, she forces herself to write down and, and kind of notice when she's experiencing joy. So I started doing that, some of my students started doing it, and it's, it's been helpful. Aww. I like to go dig holes in my yard. <laughs> I, I have a garden. Sometimes it looks really beautiful, and other times it doesn't look so good. But um, if I can get out there in the morning, right after my email, and um, get in there, and it's cool out, and I've got my shovel, and I can dig some holes, and the birds are chirping, and you know, I come in feeling really accomplished, like I put in a plant, or pulled some weeds, or did something like that, and then hop in the shower and go to work. I think it's, it's sort of like ex people who exercise. I think you get a little endorphin rush or something, and. It's either that or drinking in the morning, so I thought the holes are. I feel like I have the weirdest thing that brings me pleasure or joy or gets me out of the funk, and um, I hope other people share this. But um, So I have parrots, and you have pets and children, but to go home and get a big sniff of them, to just take a big inhale is like better than anything. So I don't, does anybody else do that to their children? Sure, so, okay, good. It's very... It's wonderful. It's all, it's all of the senses. And that can instantly take me to the good place. Yeah. I have six parrots. And my oldest is 39. He's been with me his whole life. And my youngest just turned 19 yesterday. And uh, one of them broke his back at six months. He's 22 now. So he has an Instagram account. Those of you who have not received one of his cards, check in with me so you can be a follower. He would appreciate it. It's interesting that you mentioned that parrot, it's parrots, right? So you go home and you take a whiff. Do, do you think they whiff you, take a whiff of you too? <laughs> That's awesome. So just a brief kind of anecdote. Can I, can I borrow you to demonstrate? So I went to this women's leadership. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I went to a women's leadership thing in San Diego, and we spent a day with horses. And anybody heard of Teaching Horse? It's a leadership development group in um, North Carolina, actually. And so we had to spend the day learning how to uh, basically lead a herd of wild horses as an individual and as a team. And one of the things we learned building upon your parrot story is that the way that you greet horses, horses greet each other. <laughs> so the way that horses greet each other to make sure like they're safe to, with each other in the wild is they'll just go up and they literally, they just breathe. I won't do anything weird. Um, I, 
they'll just breathe in, eat, they'll breathe in, and then they'll breathe out, and then they sort of exchange that. And once they realize each other is okay, then, then they're like, okay, and they can move as a herd. So we had to practice doing that in order to develop the horse's ability to follow us. It was interesting. <laughs> You're going over there. <laughs> I sing with um, a group at, uh, I go to Unitarian Universalist congregation on Sunday mornings, and I sing with the choir, and I've done that for 13 or 14 years. And I think singing with other people, it helps to regulate your heart, and I think it brings a lot of joy um, to other people as well. So singing is a really good thing for me, and music in general. What kind of songs do you sing? Um, can you sing for us? Wait, Juliana, wait. Juliana. Yeah, I did sing I, in, in, in a group, but I, I must admit, I must admit, like if you listen to our Hive's introduction video from the Mist, you would hear me singing, but I don't even remember. <laughs> I can't, I'm not going to sing right now. You won't? No. Okay. Later. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I got another one. Thanks. Yeah. I, I don't know about everyone else, but our, my, our professional association, like the national one, is just usually really huge. And so I've found, like when I can find small conferences that are more intimate, that there it's really fun to connect with people. And that is energizing. And I think about like this group, last time we met, it was back right after the election, and I felt like crap after that, and like being around all of you women was like amazing, and men was like amazing, and like super energizing, it made me feel really hopeful and excited about all the things that you were doing, and the things that I could maybe do one day, and so like finding those small conferences that allow that, I think is what kind of keeps me going. Thank you for sharing that. Did anyone else in their hives feel energized in that way by interacting with hive members and would they be willing to share? Yeah, the whole group. I was gonna say I told all the CDC people that would listen to me that this has been so rewarding that they need to go take this back and I totally mean it because we're all so isolated without yeah. it or we go to our own individual conferences and nothing's been as good as these meetings. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I just, it, that just made me think, like, we should start, I know probably not everybody's on Facebook or Twitter or something, but we should start, like, a Facebook group or uh, some way to connect more, um, you know, regularly as a, a group in a supportive way or even a collaborative way or something might be helpful to... Well, that's what I was going to say for the Red Hive. Like, we use it a lot to just kind of, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to debrief with each other about things that are going on. And I think, you know, like, that we all sort of needed that um, in different ways. And we're all at different levels of our career. And, yeah, many of us, actually all of us now, have some sort of administrative role to some degree. So, like, that's just been, yeah, very useful. So... Other energizing. Can I actually just mention something about one of Megan's papers? Can I talk about so when Linda Dahlberg was mentioning that sometimes the, like the administration can constrain or elevate scholarship. So one of the things that Megan Moss over here did um, when Trump made the comment about I like to grab women by the blank, um, Megan and Heather captured tweets 
What was the, what was the not, hashtag? Not okay. Not okay. They captured tweets for, in response to the not okay, um, and so published a paper on that. Sort of say what say what you found. Oh well, so not okay was uh, a year before Me Too, and um, and essentially the author Kelly Oxford was um, you know saying. Uh, that what Trump had said was is sexual assault because he had sort of laughed it off as locker room talk. And um, so millions of tweets came through in the next few days, you know, and she asked women to disclose their experiences of sexual um, assault. But we found that there were all sorts of tweets that weren't sexual assault disclosures, but were actually commentary on our sort of rape culture. And so we, we looked at those themes. 